0: All the planets in the galaxy, they chose
1: ours. They hide in small places.
2: This phone is dead.
1: What?
3: They like the dark. Jay, any luck? Just a minute. There's nothing cute about
1: them. They've come a long way. And they're hungry. Critters. They bite.
0: Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Cat and Dave. Hello. Hello.
3: Hello. Hi.
0: Follow us on Instagram at SpeakAllEvilPod. October thirtieth at the Afodian Theater in Portland, Maine. The second annual Speak All Evil presents Halloween film screening this year, showing classic nineteen eighty five Splatterfest Reanimator. Woo! Gonna be a lot of fun. Gonna have a little costume contest, party mixer, seven p.m. Five dollars. Mm-hmm. We'll have the movie on at eight. Uh, please be there. <laughs> so, I hate when people have events and they say like Please, please, please support. Come. Like, please. what? What is this? A chair? What is this Ronald McDonald House? Are you begging people to come? Maybe no, should be you
2: come to the movie. It's a yeah, great movie. it's a good time. Huh? It's
0: gonna be fun. Come or don't. I'm not begging. Oh, I, I don't we're...
2: have to. No. Not I think great. right after we watched Basket Case, I think soon after that we had the conversation about wanting to do Reanimator.
0: It's a no brainer. As soon as as soon as they, we were thinking about what we should show this year. And Reanimator came up, and it was a closed case. What were you for Halloween last year? I was Leatherface the first night, and then I was just random, uh, kind of vaguely MAGA guy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
2: and we went to this like uh, all night fried chicken place. Yeah, and I and like... you've got the American oh. suspenders on and jean shorts. <laughs> And, and I had so the good. shirt
0: that said "Come and take it," and it had a. Well, you, you had a wig on before for the costume, but then I took it off. So you're just a
2: skinhead, yeah? <laughs> in yeah. yeah. All my fried chicken place yeah. in suspenders. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Maybe one of the most uh, diverse areas of Portland at that yes. time of night, and you uh, and yes. you were there,
0: and you said maybe you should have left the wig on. Yeah. <laughs> October thirtieth. I don't know where I was going with that. Yep. Uh, Go talking. Come. It's Please busy, come busy season Yeah come hang out Oh uh, costume uh, Prizes <laughs> The winner Winner of the costume contest Will walk home With a special Secret prize Cannot reveal
2: Until it's time
3: Yeah Tell I em. was
2: shocked When I found out What it was
3: Yeah I
0: was yeah. like wow Yeah <laughs> so You guys know so good. I think everybody's Gonna be shocked Yeah we all know Oh I don't know Three quarters of us Have been out To the movies To see When Evil Lurks mm. Mm. We just talked about Terrified last week. Kevin,
1: you were first out of the shoot. You went straight to Evil Lurks as soon as it hit theaters. What did you think? I loved it. I loved it. I think this guy, we talked about it when we talked about Terrified, that he was writing a sequel to Terrified during the pandemic, and we had kind of wondered aloud if maybe when Evil Lurks sort of morphed into that, I still have no proof. But I would bet that that's the case because this has super terrified vibes in terms of kind of the world he's building, but it has a super pandemic vibe as well. It's definitely influenced by the pandemic. I think once again, he does a great thing where you don't get the origin of anything. You just you're dealing with this with the characters it's got a little bit of a road trippy vibe. I'm a sucker for a movie, not necessarily a road trip, but like a destination movie. They're kind of running away from something and they don't know where they're going. I love those movies to see where you end up. Uh, it's, in my opinion, not as scary as Terrified in like a traditional scare way. It's way more gnarly. It's gross, more shock value, I think, than Terrified really has. I love it. I, I think and, and I think it's very thought provoking. The more that I think about the movie, the more I keep kind of spinning like, what was he getting at? Dave, what'd you think?
2: Well, we've heard a lot about the shock value of it, and we've seen some shit on the podcast. I mean, so I was, you know, you can't really, where are you going to go from there? So I wasn't that shocked by the shock value stuff. And all the things I liked about Terrified were kind of lacking. Even the jump around story and all the complex, you know, characters, I, I missed that in this. Um, It was an entertaining watch and I'm going to watch it again as soon as it hits shutter in case there was something that I missed. But it was a little bit too simple of a concept for me, I think, compared to what I expected. But then again, that always happens sometimes on the second watch. uh, We go in with no expectation and like it.
0: Yeah, I, I need another go. I was disappointed. I was a little bit let down. I thought there were a lot of great, great scenes, great sequences. It does go pretty hard in spots. There were moments that really did it for me, but there was so, I, I felt like there was so much yelling exposition. I felt like there were long stretches of just constant, shrill, nonstop yelling, and it was pretty loud. Normally, like I like a good, loud movie in the theater, but I, if I had been at home, I would have turned it down just yelling so much, explaining about the demon over and over and over again. My God, how many people do we have to explain this to? I don't know. I I really, I really think if you cut ten minutes, I think it needs a tighter edit. We talked about Terrified was just under ninety minutes. This is about an hour and forty. I really think if you just cut ten or twelve minutes of yelling exposition out of that movie, I think you have a better experience. Um, might've just been a bit, I don't know. I mean, I was very excited. I was going in with the, the best, um, mood frame of mind and, and expectation. And I'm looking forward to giving it a second spin at home. I will hit it again on shutter because everybody loves it. Dave and I are the only, we are the most lukewarm reviews I've seen of this movie. I did talk to one other person who kind of thought the same thing that it was just too much in between those, those great moments are there. But there's too much. There are long stretches in between. The other thing that I, I don't know. I wish that there was some sort of character development. I wish there was more story. I like a movie that just goes bang, bang, bang from one thing to the next. I don't necessarily need character and story as much if it's if it's going to be a brutal horror movie. Um, but I just thought in this movie, it, maybe it would have helped some. Instead of just all the yelling, maybe we could have known a little bit more. I don't know. I'm excited to give another spin.
2: You've mentioned before that just sometimes you're just not in the mood. I was in the mood, though. I was very in the mood. Nice. Well, well, you didn't necessarily know what the mood was or, like, the tone or the setting, or maybe you had this whole other mood in your head. Yeah. Uh, You know? Yeah. Yeah. This week, I actually found myself in... A strange mood that I'm not always in for the movies this week. They put me right in the zone. Mm. Before we get to this
0: week's, I just want to check in with Kevin real quick. I was all set, Kevin, to go see Exorcist Believer yesterday. I had the time cleared. I knew which showing I was going to. I was all ready. It was the main focus of my day. And I pulled out at the last minute. I decided that I don't need to go prove to myself What every single person has said about this movie (laughs) that you yourself have said to me, what did you think of Exorcist Believer?
1: I think it might be one of the worst movies I've ever (laughs) seen. (laughs) Wow, ever seen. Mm. On par with like Exorcist 2 in terms of fucking up a great franchise. And can somebody take David Gordon Green and Danny McBride and Please. pull them away from our fucking franchises? Yes.
0: go back to what you were doing. It worked.
1: It was bad, and you guys know me. I am the biggest sucker to go in. Apologist. You're the guy. Apologist. You're the or guy. just the <laughs> eternal optimist. I even even if I told you guys, think about it. How many times have I told you you're gonna hate this movie? Here's some things I liked about it. Right. Or you know what? That movie did suck. But here's there is absolutely nothing fucking redeemable about yeah. this movie. It's garbage, yeah. should not be called the exorcist.
3: Yeah. I
1: even after I saw it and was like, how I have to tell everybody every everybody my
3: words. own
1: mom came up to me yesterday and was like I was thinking about going to see that exorcist I was like don't mom wow and I'm all for my mom getting out of the house and seeing a scary movie but jesus nope. christ like yeah ooh, it's it's that bad and then after I rarely do this, but I went and found like all the pandering fucking YouTubers. There's a lot of boosters out can't there. I can't say anything bad because I might get David e- Gordon Green the, on my show someday. Even the professional
0: boosters, everybody is hate like, it. "Fuck this movie." Yeah, and I think part of that is because they couldn't bring themselves to to admit how much the Halloween trilogy sucked. And now they're taking it out. They they can't take any more, they can't do any more professional boosting. This is the Exorcist for God's sake, and they're not gonna say it's good.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I can't wait to see where they go because the studio paid like four hundred million dollars for the rights to the Exorcist.
0: <laughs> I, they I'm, I'm everything happy. exorcist. I them to the, lose the budget all of that this money. movie
1: was not four hundred million dollars, but they that like it was a bidding war, so it went up and up and up and up and up. Right. Right. It was a free movie deal. I cannot imagine where he's going to go if they even let him make this. It's that's not. Right. It's I think not going to air. Yeah, I mean, yeah. shit, money. It was terrible. I I yeah. feel terrible. It did remind me about the TV show The Exorcist. I don't think we've ever talked I've heard about good things that. about that. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. It did remind me of that. That is a not oft-spoken-about um, part of the Exorcist universe that is is worth a watch.
0: I'm glad I got the full. You you were what really kept me off of it because I know that if anybody's going to find a silver lining. In the legacy reboot franchise thing, it's gonna be you. And if you say it sucks and it's irredeemable, then I don't. I'm gonna. I was gonna go just cause I don't. You know, I feel like I need to see it. If I'm gonna talk trash, but I don't. I'm gonna talk trash about it. I've never seen it. I don't care. What are you gonna do? (laughs) The movie sucks. It's terrible. And I even
1: apologize. I'm the one that brought Halloween Kills to this show, and spent most of the time apologizing for it and being like, "No, it's fun. It is, and it is fun. It it is stupid. You can tear it apart. It's fun." Halloween Ends, again, I don't think we've ever talked about it on the show, but nope, that should have been a big red flag to everybody that these guys maybe don't know what they're doing.
2: Well, if you want to watch a good exorcism movie, I uh, came across this movie called Hell Hole, a Polish movie on Netflix. There was a great twist on uh, exorcism.
0: I'm excited for that. You don't get a lot of uh, horror recommendations from Netflix these days, so uh, I'm going to check out Hellhole. Hell Hole this week
3: well go ahead th- oh okay while well, you guys were at the movies this week <laughs> okay did you get engaged again no <laughs> i almost died no i'm just kidding i was having my own horror experience in the woods oh okay. i saw you went
0: uh, camping a little late season camping
3: yeah we went we you know we rented a, a nice yurt Ahead of time, before I knew um, that about the uh, the engagement was going to happen. Oh, right. Um, so we went up to Sebec, Maine, just uh, next to uh, like Dover-Foxcroft uh, area. It's a beautiful, you know, some nice foliage. We were there two nights. Uh, really cool. First night, you know, a little spooky. It's dark out there. There's not a lot going on. Pouring rain. So it was kind of like, ooh, it's like rainy. Saw some flashlights, and I was like, what are those things out there? So I couldn't sleep the first night because... I've seen so many horror movies that I just imagined what could have happened. The worst. And uh, and then of course nothing happened and I just was up all night for no reason. Then the second night, I don't know what time it was, maybe like 2 a.m., it appears that we're hearing a woman screaming right behind our heads. Oh no. Right outside the yurt. Oh boy. So we both freeze and wait and then it happens again it sounds like a blood curdling woman. And then Nick's just like, what the fuck was that? And so luckily I had service and I Googled, what sounds like a screaming woman in the woods in uh, Maine? Like a porcupine fox. or something? It was a fox. Ah. <laughs> what does the fox say? It was in that moment though. I, thank God Nick had just gone pee, because I feel like he would have wet the bed. I, like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm lucky that I didn't relieve myself also in that moment. Pretty terrifying. And then I, even though I knew it was a fox, afterwards, I couldn't sleep. Still unsettling. Just laying mm-hmm. there. I'm like, what weapons do I have? Hmm, an electrified bug zapper. Don't know if that's going to do anything against a, a murderer. I <laughs> could slow him down. Yeah. But, you know, I made it through the night. We made it through, and weren't weren't murdered, but it was definitely a moment where I thought I would never see you guys again.
0: Well, you were with some. Just remember what they say about you know what they say about bears, right? What you don't have to outrun the bear, you just have to outrun who you're with. Well, <laughs> keep uh, that in mind. Next Nick's time. got
3: really uh, powerful legs, so <laughs> I would probably be left behind. This week, it's Cat's Halloween picks. Woo! <Favorito> even though,
0: even though. All we do is talk about horror (laughs) movies week in, week out, every single week, all year round. Well, you know. People get a little bit excited still, even hardened, grizzled veterans like us about Halloween. I feel like these are both pretty Halloween y picks. We're going to start by checking out the uh, 1986 (laughs) film called Critters.
3: When strange, fuzzy creatures from outer space called Krites escape from an alien prison transport vessel and land near the Brown family's farm in the Midwest, the family of four are forced to fend off the malevolent, mischievous, and carnivorous little aliens. Two bounty hunters with superhuman abilities have followed the aggressive beasts from beyond in order to bring them back to their prison. But the shape-shifting warriors aren't terribly effective. The Brown family must take matters into their own hands to battle the evil furballs and rescue their daughter, April, from their clutches all by themselves. This one was so goofy, but I still, I loved it. I thought this was a great Halloween pick. Good job, Wait, Kat. had you ever seen this? I had never seen it. Okay. Wow. It was, I had seen it in little bits. You know those when you're like, you know, going through the channels sure. and you're like, oh, it's this? Also, there's a lot of sequels. There's many a sequel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, never saw the OG from front to, uh, from front to back, though. I loved, uh, I, you know, we all love a young Billy Zane. And sure. he's uh, he got a full head of beautiful hair that's, like, right in a ponytail. His presence w- was quite fleeting in this one, but I was very happy to see him. These little monsters were just this, like, weird amalgamation of, like, creepy but also cute with, like, their little noises and the fact that they were very, like, schemey and smart it's obvious, you know, this is obviously very much a ripoff of Gremlins. Like, we all know it. I think we probably all have that opinion. Hmm? We'll see about that, Captain. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was as well executed or riveting, obviously, as, as the Grems, but I thought it had merit in its own ways. You've got two Dumbo shape shifting galactic bounty hunters. That's fun. Uh, you've got a lovable drunk handyman. I think there might've been one of those in, in Gremlins also, but this guy's more drunk. Uh, you got explosions. I would also say that these little uh, crates were scarier, scarier than the Gremlins to me. They've ate people. Gremlins, did Gremlins ever eat people? Or did they just like kill them?
2: I don't believe they ate people. they no? yeah. just shred them in mischief.
3: And, yeah. yeah, these little dudes though, whew, right off the bat, murdering, eating. Just like t- taking names. Gremlins started out as little cuties. And then like had this emotional intelligence, whereas these are just evil space dudes just out for blood. What did they do to become prisoners in outer space? I think that's the real question here. So I don't know if a, if, if a sequel um, answers that. I don't know if we'll ever find out. I think it was uh, just a great movie for, um, for spooky season.
1: I saw this movie so many times when I was a kid. This was another like Cinemax HBO staple on any time that you put it on. And I was the exact age that I think this movie was catering to when Mm -hmm. it came out. It's very like wants to be Amblin, uh, wants to, you know, have like sort of the creature feature. It wants to cater to children and everything.
0: I'm sorry. um, you, You mentioned Amblin recently on another episode. What is that? What is Amblin?
1: Spielberg's studio that was doing like E.T., yeah. e. like okay. Goonies, okay. like
0: Okay, okay, thank you. Ever heard of him? No, I have <laughs>
1: Amblin Entertainment. <laughs>
2: kind of obscure. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: this is a great example of something that should be very fondly remembered when you were a child and not revisited when you're an adult. Mm. Mm. Uh, mm. Overall, agree. it's still super <laughs> fun, and for me, emotionally, was like, yes, because, let's be honest, it's got the kid with the slingshot, with the cool room that's fighting monsters. I wanted to be that kid. It's also got April, who's super hot. I was horny. It's got Billy Zane as Steve, who's nice. getting some. Ooh. I wanted to be Steve without having my stomach and dick eaten off. And then like the bounty hunters Like I remember being a kid And being like Those fucking bounty hunters Are so cool And one of them sang Like an 80's metal song This movie had Every single thing That I wanted When I was a kid Including Monsters um, but it is, it's incredibly thin, uh, watching it now. Like I remembered it being this big, epic, yeah. scary, uh, not yeah. necessarily scary, but like monstrous and like more eating and more deaths and maybe some more gore, but I was a kid. So I was probably like yeah. just thinking of all this and I definitely remembered it being like a lot more interesting. Like it, I can't believe how much time it takes for like the critters to get to Long earth time. and then they're just like at a farmhouse for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so, that I was a little bit disappointed there. But I mean, anything that I say is just like, you know, viewing it from somebody much older than they were when they first saw this movie, and definitely not the audience it was catering to. Uh, but like you said, Kat, like uh, all the character actors, the people you recognize from the 80s, the D Wallace's of the world being in this, uh, it's a legit movie that definitely deserved to have like the really funny four, five, six, however many sequels they have now. And you a TV know, show. Yeah, and a TV show on Shudder, right? Yeah, it did one season at least. Anything that I say bad about this movie is like so lighthearted. <laughs> kind of like the movie itself.
3: Yeah.
2: I never saw this when it came out. I was 12 in 1986. What, what am I, some kind of fucking wuss? Why am I going to watch a <laughs> PG-13 movie? Mm-mm. You know, I was 12 and I was already watching our movies. Crazy, violence, boobies, all that. And... I was not interested in any family-friendly fare. So I never saw this back then. Um, I did think it was gonna be just like Gremlins. And I loved it. Yes. I, th- I loved uh, the 80s tween tropes, you know, the, like the Ferris Bueller tampering with a thermometer, the slingshot, go to bed without supper, all that stuff. Uh, another 80s thing that I really liked about this was the first kill cut to a kitchen appliance like doing something uh grotesque and there's and in every uh, small creature movie there seems to be the uh montage of mischief and i really liked that in this there was a, that's that that part to me was definitely very gremlins but the big kind of like 50s horror sci-fi ending uh i thought that was great i loved that they got bigger I thought that was a different thing than with uh, Gremlins. Also, that they shot these, like, poison darts. They're like porcupines. They, yeah. they, they yeah. throw quills. I didn't remember that. And the bounty hunters, I mean, they gave me, uh, like, raising Arizona vibes. I <laughs> 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 uh, Like, the post-apocalyptic, like, metal badass. And he can sing. <laughs> but I love the line the old lady says, like, uh when they were describing to the cops what happened, they're like, they looked like they were from Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I love the cast in this. It's hundred percent a lesser movie than Gremlins, but it gives it a run a run for its money. I think. I think it's kind of worth it. It was made on way less of a budget. Decent special effects. It's quintessential family friendly horror.
0: Yeah, I, this is fine. It, it's a a loving and I think pretty well made homage to B-movie, old sci-fi B-movie horror from years gone by. You'd see it at the drive-in or whatever. And if you look at it that way, I think the weaknesses are part of that. You don't... For a movie called Critters, you don't get uh, all that much critter time. And when you do, they're dimly lit. These are the most poorly lit critters. Uh, And then when they grow big, like you said, Dave, you don't even... obviously there's no budget for that i think it's a three million dollar budget yeah two maybe so not enough money to show the big the big critters nearly as much as you'd want i can't believe anyone would even say gremlins in talking about this movie because other than being little creatures i mean this is gremlins is an amazing incredible classic that we've talked about that is uh, not even in the same universe as this movie and uh, you know I always thought of this as a Gremlins knockoff too but this was in production before Gremlins
3: oh no and I don't see yes, that what it was Drop in production em.
0: first I, and it was delayed well, <laughs> the only reason Gremlins came out first is because this got delayed and backburnered and um, in the meantime Gremlins was finished and released so it wasn't really a Gremlins knockoff it was an original idea I don't think this is great I wouldn't waste my time with this I certainly wouldn't rent it if you don't have Max waste I'm not...
3: your time
0: yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, just there's not there's not enough of anything. When well, you talked about the the chaos montage, Dave, I wanted way more chaos. These guys, the gremlins, would kick the critters' asses all over this town. Oh, that's true.
1: Crossover, not
0: even remotely close. I thought it was very funny when the one critter he confronts the little E.T. doll, yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> then, and then eats it. You know, there's some funny moments. Um, if if you like. This kind of thing, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I just, you know, I'm I'm looking for a little bit more than this. It was like fine, I, you know, you, whatever. You
2: tend to hate that, like Ed Wood throwback movies.
0: I'd rather just watch the original. Yeah, I just, I think, I think the actual in, for this type of stuff. Yeah, I have kind of a hard time sometimes with these these 80s. Uh, we talked about was it Night of the Demons? Everybody loves that one. Same kind of thing. I don't know. Not sometimes it. I just these things are too. It's too silly and it's not enough payoff. You know, I like silly, but you got, I wanted more critters, harder critters doing more stuff. This just didn't have that many critters.
3: I would agree that there could have been more critter, critterisms running around. It's uh, critters. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> But I still, I wouldn't say this was, like, a super, like, kids movie. If I saw this as a child, I'd probably be very frightened. They're scary little dudes. Yeah. They got them glowing red eyes. I thought that was pretty creepy. And then those, you know, the friggin', I I jumped a couple times. I remember it being more horror than it definitely
1: really is. And I'm a cool. But I I was young. I'm, like,
3: 27 years old. So, like, you know. But,
1: But do you guys notice who made the Critters? No. Oh, I did. The Chiodo Brothers. Killer Clowns. Oh, oh.
3: that's funny because I
1: was thinking I would put this
0: in the Killer Clowns category. Uh, killer Clowns
1: rules. Tons of fun
0: place. when you're 12, or maybe not for you, Dave. But uh, maybe when you're 10, <laughs> tons of fun when so you're a 10 shade. at the sleepover. But then you go back and you're like, "This is really not particularly engaging." Where's my phone? I'm trying to watch this movie, I'm getting pretty bored. You know, you know
2: why I liked it because of the season. I thought it was a good like season. people watching, yeah, yeah. sure. Halloween movies yes. for stuff that's out there streaming and you want to do a throwback 80s thing for Halloween. Mm-hmm. This is a perfectly fun yeah thing. i'm kind of curious to see like ghoulies and some of the other spinoffs ghoulies yeah.
1: did come out before that ghoulies was the same year as gremlins i think i think ghoulies was like in 84 i believe that's ghoulies was the was raunchy one right yeah more this has a yeah. this has an homage to ghoulies because like the ghoulies cover art was like the Ghouly coming out of the toilet and that was like a thing in the movie they'll get you one. in the they end they got the critter yeah. in the toilet yeah. like
2: and yeah. the ghostbuster uh bowling shirts Mm-hmm. Bowling shirts look like Ghostbusters. Goolies was eighty five one year before this.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought I thought Goolies beat it to the punch. April, the actress that plays April, is also in a movie called Munchies that I've never seen. Oh, oh that's another. Never creature. heard of. It's yeah. another like yeah. creature movie, like the year after this or something.
0: Oh, Munchies is eighties. Munch mm-hmm. I
1: think Munchies was eighty seven.
0: I thought because Munchies is on Screen box right now, and I thought Munchies was like a new. I thought Munchies was a new homage to these movies. I didn't realize Munchies was actually from this time. Now,
1: April is played by Nadine <laughs> Vanderveld, and she went on to do Critters and then Munchies. Wow,
2: so.
0: quite a catalog.
2: In these kind of movies, I actually love... Uh, like too much explaining of like where they came from and why they're there. It's kind of the exception to the thing that we always say we don't like in movies. Yeah, but too it's much so exposition. Stupid, like, yeah. where they have the stupid aliens and they're on the prison ship. You don't really need to do that. I you think they just on the meteor. Election. I think they
1: do. Cat explain why they're in prison. I think they ate an entire planet. Well, and then the bounty hunters captured that. I think the bounty hunters also get shit because they blew up uh, another like planet trying to capture the critters.
0: Hmm. I was blown away by the filmography of the director and co-writer here, Stephen Insane, Herrick. Insane, dude. After this movie would go on to direct Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Don't Tell Mom, The Baby Sitter's Dead, The Mighty Ducks, Three Musketeers, Holland's Opus, uh, and then he started falling off with Rockstar. Yes. <laughs> Holland's <laughs> Opus. Life or something like it. Mr. Holland's opus with- uh, how, do you go, how do you go from
2: this to that? Though? It's, it's crazy. maturity, days. He went from
0: this yeah. to maturity. Bill and Ted's. Uh, yeah, and then he, he made that movie, Rockstar directed that movie with M- Marky Mark, or was that- was Marky, it was Marky Mark, Mark and Jennifer Marking. Aniston. Yeah, yeah, that was a flop, and then Life or something like it. And since then, his credits have gone way down, way downhill. Um,
1: I'm way more interested in talking about the writer of the film. This is, this is really going to tie cat. Right into this. Okay. So the movie was written by a guy named Dominic Muir. Mm. All the credits, Dominic Muir. Yeah. Do you know what his alias is that he would go on to write other films under? Stephen King. I was gonna make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. August White. What did August White go on to write almost all of? The Evil Bong and Ginger <gasps> Dead
2: Man. Wow. Well, well, well.
3: How wow. the turntables. I
2: have
1: a better
0: <laughs> I have a better cat tie in than that. Cat. I think oh. one of the reasons that you Love this movie. Yes. His filmmaker directed two Dolly Parton television <gasps> specials. What? I, did you see the 2015 Dolly Parton special called Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors?
3: Absolutely not. You no, seen I that? didn't. No. Or the
0: 2016 follow up, Dolly Parton's Christmas of Many Colors, Circle of Love? <laughs> yes.
2: That sounds I more familiar, but I think love? just because you said Christmas.
3: <laughs> I thought you were.
2: Uh, <laughs> Number
3: one, Dolly Parton. I fan. am. An, listen, I love me a Dolly Parton. Um, I can't say I've gotten around to watching many of her films in her recent years. What about Nine to
0: Five? You seen that one?
3: Yes, I've seen Nine to Five. Have you
0: seen Rhinestone with Sylvester Stallone? Uh, no, I haven't. You don't know jack shit about Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> How oh. dare you! This made uh, thirteen million dollars. That's a, a pretty big success for a three million dollar budget movie. I think this is uh yeah. I guess that's why there's many. Many more, including Critters Attack from just from 2019. That was wow. the same year as the uh, the TV show. I don't TV think show. I ever
1: saw any of the sequels.
0: See, I think I remembered the second one was directed by Mick Garris, and the second one I think gets a little more raunchy and a little crazier. I kind of, I think I was thinking more of the second one. I think is a little wilder, if I recall. I wasn't gonna well, try to squeeze it in this I'll week.
3: Pick that one for uh, next time, then.
2: <laughs> Who's the guy who plays? Um, the psycho uh, sniper in The Jerk, who's in this movie. Oh, God, yeah. You know, he plays the sheriff, or this guy right here. Yeah. Yeah, he's, a, he's a, in a lot of funny 80s movies. Is Terrence Mann
0: a big deal? Terrence Mann was... No, he, he looks so familiar. I think he looks like Bob Geldof. I thought... To me, he's never really done anything. He just was the guy in this, and he's one of the bounty hunters. Looks yeah. like Bob Geldof is a bounty hunter in this. is what right. I kept thinking.
1: M- Emmett Walsh is the guy you're talking about, Dave. The yes, sheriff. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Do you guys notice the, the bowling team that the dad is on? Their bowling shirts have that Ghostbusters logo on the back, but mm-hmm. it's a bowling pin, the Pinbusters. Pinbusters. You
3: notice
2: I just said that five minutes ago? No, I didn't notice you no. said that. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm listening. <laughs>
3: Facts. See, three faxmen now. I was Got just noticing factsmen.
2: when we we're, were watching it now that at closer inspection, they might even be the ball busters.
3: No, it's oh. pin. the pin busters. That it. makes it's more pin. sense.
0: Okay, next up for Cats, 80s uh, horror comedy week. 1985's Fright Night.
3: Teenager Charlie Brewster, a die-hard horror aficionado and dedicated fan of the TV series Fright Night, becomes convinced that his mysterious new next-door neighbor Jerry Dandridge is a blood-sucking vampire. Ridiculed for his preposterous accusations, Charlie soon turns to Peter Vincent, his all-time favorite hero and washed-up television vampire hunter, to lend him a hand. Could Charlie be telling the truth after all? I thought this movie was so good. I saw it described somewhere as uh, the Lost Boys meets Disturbia. And I think that that absolutely hits the nail right on the head for this one. It was fun and it had all these goofy and campy moments. uh, But then it had these spooky fight scenes and graphic kills and all the gore and like prosthetic stuff. I loved that dog turned vampire uh, murder. It was like very oddly intense and kind of hard mm. to watch for yeah. a second. Um, so that was probably my favorite one just because I absolutely was not expecting that at all. The special effects were so great. I loved all the practical effects. Uh, they absolutely still hold up melting faces, green blood, face prosthetics, etc really into the look of the vampires in this one, because they had their hot moments, uh, very a la lost boys. Oh, where they had their, you know, their little tooths coming out, and then they also had these horrendous and like grotesque moments, uh, like the one that you see on the on the movie cover. Speaking of, I never saw this as a youngin' because every single time I saw that VHS tape cover in the video store, I was just like, nope. That's too much. That's too much for me. Chris Sarandon, aka Prince Humperdink, aka Jack Skellington. Great. He's a very suave vampire. I've never been attracted to him before until this movie. If you overlook the fact that he was like trying to seduce and kill teenagers. But other than that, I was I was super down. I really loved this one. I thought this was a perfect balance of fun and frights in the nights.
0: Great one. Love this movie. This is a perfect halloween pick for me talking about lighter fare talking about goofier halloween type stuff this to me is your ultimate halloween pick and if you're talking about tribute and homage to films that came before i prefer this to me is kind of a a throwback to older movies than critters was kind of doing this this to me a lot of this is back to the 50s 40s 30s even the older classic horror movies that's that's kind of what this was to me and that's what Charlie the main character that's what he's watching on TV all the time it's the 80s and he's watching these old movies and he loves this Vincent Price character is supposed to be basically like you said a washed up Vincent Price mm-hmm. and so I thought it did a really great job of kind of transferring that those movies that That Charlie's watching, they kind of seep into his world, and then his life turns into one of these older, old-timey B movies. Not (laughs) Dracula, not Creature from the Black Lagoon, but lower-tier stuff. That's kind of what his life turns into, and I thought the movie played out very much like one of those movies where there isn't a ton of logic. People come to kill you, and if you just move to the other side of the room, they stop and have conversations. (laughs) You know, it's like it's just it was kind of to me, it was like one of those old timey movies. I've been watching some of the pre-code horror trove that Criterion has right now for for Halloween movies from the early 30s before the Hays Code. And that's what this reminded me of. I wasn't expecting to see Marcy from Married with Children. In this, and it took me the whole movie. I'm like, is it or isn't it? Is that Marcy? It's gotta be. <laughs> I wasn't sure. By the end, I knew that it was Marcy. I loved uh, Evil Ed. stole stole the show. Oh <laughs> Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent, great uh, character actor. Uh, loved the effects. You mentioned the practical effects. Cat so good, uh, much better than I would expect for a movie like this. This movie really brought the goods with the effects, but it uses them sparingly. And I thought that it. It amps them up as the movie amps up. It gives you little bits of great special effects horror scenes, and those scenes get bigger and more frequent as the movie gets to the climax. Then you really get the whole shebang. This is a great, uh, great Halloween pick on AMC Plus right now, or if you have Prime with AMC. Uh, I think this is well worth a VOD. I just rented it. Good pick, Cap.
2: I also skipped over this one back in the day. And I think it was that cover to me. I you know, I thought it was some sort of like possessed house kind of thing, with the mm-hmm. the, the ghost looking thing over the house. You were talking about the movie house, right? Because I got it kind of mixed up because of the the cover art, I think, <clears throat> or just kind of the general neighborhood mm. uh, suburban horror. I really love the teen with binoculars vibe because you don't get that anymore. Yeah. Kids have like smartphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so like, That's right. did you have binoculars?
0: Yeah, kids in the old days, you had to lean out your window, get a pair of binoculars if you wanted to see anything. You didn't have these phones. <laughs> yeah, did you guys
2: both have binoculars? I definitely did not. Really? You telescope kind of guy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did, but I didn't really have neighbors. I was just looking at birds and woodchucks and stuff. Yeah.
2: And my... Nerd. Put glue on our hands and wait for it to dry to peel it off because we were so <laughs> bored. That was our practical effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, again, quintessential Halloween season pick better than expected Th- that I saw both these movies together and I had not seen them before there was no nostalgia involved at all and I liked them yeah I really was in the mood for like fun seasonal horror spirit of Halloween you know pedestrian not too crazy this one is a little bit more extreme than the last one it goes some places you don't really expect it to mm, I'll um, say I love all the transformations. I thought those were kind of, you get the bat, you get the wolf. Yeah. You get the vampire kind of beast, like when they got steroid vampire. It's
0: almost like Coppola Dracula there.
2: Right, yeah. And Evil uh, was such a good vampire. When Evil turned into a vampire, it gave me vibes of like the hitchhiker from TCM. He was just so maniacal and crazy. But yeah, Fright Night was way better than I thought it would be, and there's a sequel, the remake of this, right?
1: Also better than you would think. Oh, really? Oh, really? That's a new, it's like 2010 or? 2011, yeah, 10, 11. yeah. Yeah, look, if Critters is like the Amblin pick of the week, (laughs) this is like the John Hughes pick of the week. Yeah. Like this is everything that you would want in a horror movie, surprisingly, in like a John Hughes type flick. And we always talk about these movies that have no stakes. And this one somehow, yeah, okay. Vampire yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: movies tend to have yeah. stakes.
1: Guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we talk about like no stakes horror and like the conjuring films and like the nun that I just talked about and everything. Somehow, this campy, weird horror movie that should be silly and it is at times has these very tense moments that makes you give a shit about the characters. They really do fucking kill some people that you care about in the film. Like, this film has higher stakes than a lot of, like, super hardcore horror movies try to nowadays. And it really is, like, tense. I also love the prosthetics and everything, like some Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show vibes definitely took it from Fright Night. Yeah. Um, And I think, for me, like you saying, Dave, this is, like, quintessential Halloween season pick. Cat, like, I never think of this movie. I think this is actually, I'm not saying that no one loves Fright Night. This is a cult classic or, or whatever. It was fine at the time. I mean, it made good money at the box office, all of that. I don't hear about Fright Night enough. And I had completely forgotten about the remake as well, which I had seen when it came out and, and, and checked that out again. But I don't think you really hear enough about Fright Night. This shocked me at how fucking legit of a movie this is. Mm-hmm. Uh and horror movie, but just like le- this is a legit film. Hour 46 blows by. Yeah, well-paced. Tons of like 80s problematic undertones and then oh. some surprising Cultural undertones, yeah, that really probably snuck by, like in the eighties,
0: yes, uh, and definitely
1: Definitely. wouldn't, you know, probably would have been talked about a little bit more at the time. But I was kind of shocked, you know, you're talking about Jerry Dandridge going after teenagers. There's something else Jerry Dandridge is going after in this movie (laughs) that uh, I did not pick up on when I was smaller. Um, But I thought it was fantastic. I mean, uh, yeah, sorry, I'll end there, and we can open the floor up.
0: Well, I I forgot that this was written and directed by Tom Holland, not the young actor. Not Spider-Man. No, but (laughs) the writer and director of a child's play. And also, I always forget that Tom Holland directed and co-wrote the screenplay for Thinner, the Stephen King adaptation. He has has shown. Underrated. Underrated Stephen King adaptation. So it shouldn't be a surprise um, that this is as well done as it is. I would regard Tom Holland as a, a horror legend. So, yeah, this had $8 million budget, so this is twice over twice the budget of Critters, and it shows, definitely. And this made some money, too. Yeah, it made like $28 million at the box office. Not bad.
1: No? No, and the effects were done by the team that did Ghostbusters. So this was being made at a time they had just finished Ghostbusters. This movie, I can't remember what other movies the studio was, like, pumping into at the time, but Tom Holland has said, they forgot all about us left us completely alone and we were able to just make this movie and everyone had a fucking blast and it shows like we talk about it all the time you can tell when you watch a movie that they had fun making it and that the people that were involved knew what they were doing and gave a shit and every goddamn second gone into this is like Savini (laughs) level effects um for a horror film and it I wasn't shocked when I read that the the team that had just come off Ghostbusters Can you imagine being Tom Holland and being like, all right, let's put the crew together for this movie? What are you guys just coming up? Oh, just a little movie called Ghostbusters.
0: Charlie is played by William Ragsdale. You guys remember the show Herman's Head?
1: I don't. I did not. When I read that, I had no idea what they were referencing.
0: I never watched it, but it ran for three seasons on Fox, and he was the star of that show.
1: Yeah, that's about it. Mannequin 2. Oh, Oh, he was in Mannequin 2. Oh, wow. Yeah, on the move or on the run, whatever the fuck. And he just did a cameo in Renfield.
0: I was curious about Chris Sarandon, who plays Jerry Dandridge, the, mm-hmm. the villain. He was married to Susan Sarandon in 1967. They were married for 12 years.
3: What? I didn't yes. know that. Yes. Wow. I had no
0: idea either, I yeah. I thought it was a coincidence. No. She liked the last
1: name.
3: Yeah. What, she kept that the whole time? The whole time. Wow. They were divorced
0: in 79.
3: Interesting.
1: The Like Critters, this one had a lot of things that really stuck the landing for me, like uh, opens up with a uh, good old Charlie making out in his bedroom. And then you think he's going to get some, but just like me, he'd rather watch a horror movie, I guess.
3: It's distracting.
0: Getting a lot of uh, your
2: coming of age in this week. This that was the
1: big week for me.
2: Yeah, He's a voyeur like me with my binoculars.
1: I did not, but cat mentioned Disturbia. That's an underrated flick for me. I actually really dig that movie. Yeah,
0: that movie fucks. This has gotten some love. So This has gotten, uh, I think the reputation has grown... Over the years, to the point where there's a somewhat recent documentary about the making of this movie, and there's a, there's a, actually a lot out there about how this was made. The, these guys are pretty proud of this movie. A lot of information out there. I'd love to see that documentary. It's on box right now, and that's the only place you can see it. It's called "Hey Brewster, You're So Cool" or something like that. Whatever the line is. That
1: yeah, Hey Brewster, You're So Cool.
0: The ad delivers. Yeah, that's the name of the documentary
1: one of many Evil Ed lines that are Ed. very quotable in this film.
2: I, I would take a spin off sequel, Evil Ed, just, you know, on his own. Well, they, they wanted
0: to bring him back. for So there was a sequel to this, a, du- a direct sequel, that was made a, a couple years, the 88, something like that. Didn't really do anything. and They wanted to bring back Evil Ed, and he instead got the lead role in 976 Evil. Remember that? No. It should have been Evil Ed. I can see Ed the
2: cover, yeah. Versus Bud the Chud.
0: Interesting true crime connection in this movie. Mm. Roddy McDowell, who played Peter Vincent, he loved the role so much that after the the direct sequel, he wanted to get a a third movie going, and he wanted to get Tom Holland back on board. I don't believe Holland was not involved in the in Fright Night Two, so McDowell went and got Tom Holland and uh, set up a meeting with the president of uh, Carloco Pictures whose name was Jose Menendez. (gasps) Before the meeting could happen, Jose Menendez was murdered by his two sons, the Menendez
3: brothers. Wow.
0: We might have had a third Fright Night movie if not for those meddlesome kids. Those Those crazy I think they're a
1: little bit more than meddlesome. (laughs)
0: Lyle and Eric,
1: that was the name,
0: right? Something like that. I will
1: say that the remake is pretty fucking good. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is. Colin Farrell, um, Anton Yelton.
3: David Tennant's in it.
1: David Tennant. Stacked
3: cast. Yeah,
1: and it it flips a lot of uh, the characters around. It's not like a super faithful remake. Uh, It does kind of flip some things around. It's a lot lot better than you would expect. Um, Not terribly necessary, but more well done than you would think.
3: Yeah, so he was gay. So we're going to talk about that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, yeah, talking about, well, I, I think there is a, a major subtext of this movie is that it's a cautionary tale about homophobia in the 80s. What this kid is really afraid of is that the new neighbors are a little bit different in another way. And and there's one scene that really drives that home, the the scene where the camera shows uh, Danbridge in the window, and then it looks like his friend there is servicing him is what it looks like and, and it, just the way they're positioned it's a very ambiguously gay duo kind of, that's, <laughs> from,
2: that's yeah. from
0: Saturday Night Live and it, it's like it's kind of like one of those scenes for a minute and then you think wait a minute yeah this vampire just lives with his buddy his good vampire well, that's friend like the, he's like the
1: Renfield <laughs> they, like, yeah, he's like the Renfield yeah. of the movie but he's
0: also Supernatural they show at that one point because when they yeah. put the that was I, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I I think that's like their take on the Renfield character. But yes. yeah, there's differences for sure. But yeah, yeah. they're totally hinting at, uh, yeah. And they handle like a lot of the cliche vampire stuff really well in this. Uh, when like the whole you, a vampire can't come into your house. That entire <laughs> that's, sequence that's is so brilliantly funny. shot and paced. For supposedly a, a kid that stays up all night, instead of making out with his girlfriend, he's watching bad Vincent or Peter Vincent TV shows he has to go to Evil Ed to find out the ins and outs of vampires and how to keep them away. And when Evil Ed's like, okay, just remember, like, they can't come into your house unless you invite them. And, of course, he comes back to the house. Great. Jerry so y- Dandridge, he's nailed- is a yeah. fantastic name, by the way, Jerry Dandridge, uh, is in the house and just drops all these hints about, like, well, I can come over whenever I want, right? <laughs> like,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, how could he be watching the show every night and, and not know any of these Ed. basics yeah. about vampires? Bit of a plot hole
0: there. Mm. <laughs> Next week, continuing the Halloween picks last year, I'll never forget. I, I faced some displeasure with my, I brought in a couple dark thrillers near around Halloween and people yeah. acted like I, I wasn't I really Halloween-y agree. enough. <laughs> you were a real Halloween-y. So next week, I'm bringing it. Speaking of classic throwback horror movies, we're going to check out from 1941, Oh, The Wolfman. Oh. oh. It's on Prime right oh. now. <laughs> And we're going to check out from 1954 Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh,
2: I knew it.
0: VOD.